Sufism is a central part of Islam in many parts of the world, and amongst South Asian Muslims is mostly represented by the Barelvi tradition. Its practices may be less familiar than the five pillars, which are compulsory for all Muslims. So I asked Haras Rafiq of the Sufi Muslim Council to explain a bit about them. Sufism originally comes from the Hadith, which is a saying of the Prophet, peace be upon him, when we believe that the angel Gabriel came down from heaven to earth and asked three questions. And the first one was, and I call the answers the three eyes. The first one was, what is it that Muslims must do? So the first one was Islam, and that is the five pillars of Islam. We get the prayer, the zakat, etc. The second question was, what is it that Muslims believe? And from that we got Iman, which is faith, the six articles of faith. And the third question was, how is it that Muslims must behave? And the answer was, Muslims must behave in a manner that they can actually see God. Because even if you can't see God, verily God can see you. And that really is what we call Isan, the state of trying to reach inner moral excellence. Sufism as an aspect is a journey which never ends. And one finds that one is at a different stage of the journey at different periods of one's life. So the practices and the day within the life of somebody who's trying to to reach and come to that end point can be different. Could you tell us a little bit about a typical day for someone who's incorporating Sufi practice into their Islam? The main differences are the voluntary practices. So one might find that one wakes up in the morning for the Hajjad prayer, which is a voluntary prayer, just before Fajr, the compulsory prayer, with some recitation, and then perform the Fajr prayer. And then after that, one might meditate. One would probably do uh, the daily Urad, which takes about 10 minutes, and then reflect inwardly and try and have a connection with the Sheikh, because the connection that we believe with the Sheikh is something that transcends distance. Then we have the other compulsory prayers. But throughout the day, we have something called the Wirt. And the Wirt, again, and this depends upon what stage of journey one is on. In the Naqshbandi order, it might be the lower level of the Wirt might be to recite the name of Allah 1,500 times, then to offer salawat, praising the Prophet, peace be upon him, 300 times, then to read one chapter of Dalai al-Khairat, which is a book about how God praises the Prophet Muhammad, or alternatively another extra hundred salawats. And one salawat is, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala ali Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim. So it's not very long. And then one might read one chapter of the Qur'an or recite the Surah Ikhlas 100 times. So in terms of extra practices, it's probably about an extra half an hour to an hour a day, that's all. The mosques will be under the control of a peer who is the Sufi leader, whose authority will come from his direct access or his intimacy with Allah, very different to the ulama, whose authority comes from their study. Most of the the well-known peers in this country are still first-generation so they have originated in Pakistan or Bangladesh. And they will still keep some kind of close contact with their centres in the place of origin. There are now the first group of young leaders, sons of deceased sheikhs, um, who, who are really beginning to change the discourse a little bit. And also there has been in the last five years a serious attempt to take it out of the mosque and online. I would say a lot of young Muslims now in Britain who want to find out about Sufism no longer find out about him in the traditional ways, which would be through the mosque and through the pier, but they now go online to where there are a number of highly erudite and sophisticated 
communicators of Sufi tradition, Sufi Akida belief and Sufi practice. Are there any uh, shrines in the UK or elsewhere in the West? Um, Yes, there is one shrine. When Pir Wahab Siddiqui died in the late 1980s, he was initially placed in a tomb in his terraced house in Coventry, which had been the first mosque that they'd used. And they got permission from Coventry Council that to take place. You had this rather interesting scenario of this body in a tomb in, a, in the front room of a small terraced house, which was used as a shrine. And the, the sons, when they inherited their father's mantle, moved the body down to Nuneaton. And they have built over the body a traditional shrine in white marble, That now has become a major centre for Midlands practitioners of Sufi-based Islam.